Yo, yo, we're Estro Hayes, and we're just trying to grow. That means we're bringing you dope insight into the cannabis industry with exclusive interviews, product reviews, and more. The more you know, the more you grow. Now, let's get into the session. We just trying. Hey guys, it's Safan here with Estro Hayes, and today we have the luxury and the pleasure of speaking with uh, entrepreneur, investor, and managing director of Canopy Boulder, Micah Tapman. Hey Micah, how's it going? I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good today. Um, as you guys may know, Micah, as he has substantial experience uh, investing in the cannabis space. So, uh, Michael, you might know that a lot of the Estro Hayes audience is interested in entering the cannabis space, uh, uh, building businesses, building their cannabis businesses, whether they're ancillary or otherwise. So we kind of just wanted to pick your brain and get a little of your expertise to help to uh, guide those uh, who are listening. How about that? Okay. Sure. Sounds good. All right. So to, just to get started, as an investor, uh, Micah, in this space, what are you primarily uh, looking for in the companies that you're saying, that you say, okay, you know what, this seems like a sound investment. This seems like something I want to stand behind. What are you primarily looking for if you have like top three to five things? Yeah, my, my investment criteria are actually really simple, uh, especially at first. Um, I'm looking for a great team and a business area that I like in general, uh, sort of a, a type of business. You know, if it's a media company or a software company, uh, just an area that I like, um, and an idea that is scalable um, and has the potential to grow uh, really well over time. Um, and by far the most important element for me is the team. Uh, trust is unbelievably important uh, for an investor and an entrepreneur and it goes both ways so making sure i'm investing in people that i trust is really important to me uh, quite simply a lot of issues will come up over the course of the investment um, and it uh, requires trust to resolve those issues um, i know they're coming and i want to make sure i'm in business with people who you know, i can go go to dinner with i can talk about the problems and feel like they're working in the best interest of the company and the shareholders to uh, solve those problems. And hopefully, you know, I think uh, entrepreneurs need to qualify their investors in a similar way uh, and get investors who they trust and they're comfortable sharing uh, problems and issues with over the next couple of years. So as an investor, is team something that you can assess early on? Like, or does this take a little nurturing and finessing uh, to building the relationship to realize, okay, this is a team that seems like, uh, it might be solid, or this team, I, I don't really know. Is it like a guttural thing? Like, how do you even assess and decide uh, if this team seems viable, seems like they have what it takes to stand those tests and those trials and tribulations? How how do you gauge that? Does, is there a time limit? Like, how long do you give yourself to even decide if this team feels like it's right, you know? How do you, how do you even know that? Well, you know, certainly as an investor, you're looking to say no. Um, and eliminate teams and eliminate companies from consideration. Okay. Uh, because right, we're working with a, a large number of possible investment companies, and we can only make investments into a few. So the idea is to, as rapidly as possible, identify the companies you won't invest into. So uh, typically you start you know, with uh, an assessment of the skills. Does the team have the right skills? If it does, then we'll move on to the next step. If it doesn't, 
uh, there's probably no point to continuing the conversation, even at that level. Yes. Okay. And so there are a whole bunch of hurdles that I sort of look to. Uh, most of them are not necessarily binary. Uh, I'm not saying yes or no explicitly. I'm more rating people on a scale based on competition I see in the market. Um, and that's also an interesting point in that, you know, at one point, you know, I may be looking at five companies that are all spectacular. And, you know, that can be tough for a company that isn't selected because they were really good, but they weren't as good as the other four. Uh, other times I might be, you know, sort of uh, in the desert and not having any great options. And I still have to make an investment because I'm scheduled to make an investment. And I end up having to invest in the company, which, you know, honestly might have been number five uh, in, the, in a different year or in a different uh, market. Gotcha, gotcha. So have you noticed, what trends have you noticed, aside from a strong team, what trends have you noticed that said this leads to a successful business in this space? Like, What common thread have you noticed in the successful businesses that you've invested uh, in? Yeah, I think, you know, the best businesses are solving a problem related to efficiency. Um, so you're looking for an inefficiency in the market and you're solving that problem. Uh, and then the team is led by uh, one or more founders who are uh, heavily focused on building relationships and making sure that the company is connecting with its clients, uh, whether that's a B2B uh, endeavor or a B2C endeavor. It doesn't really matter. Uh, the relationships are still paramount, especially in the cannabis industry. Absolutely. So what have you noticed as far as entrepreneurs coming in this space and that you've invested in? Like, where do they start to fall short? It's like, this is where you guys tend to collectively fall short. Like, is there a trend in that way? Like, this is where the ball usually drops uh, in, yeah. in entrepreneurs in this space. Sure. So uh, how would I put that? Um, the biggest problem we actually have right now is that the entrepreneurs in the sector while they have become more well-educated and sophisticated, um, they typically don't have startup experience. And that can be a real problem when you go to start a business uh, because there are a lot of mistakes that are sort of unique to startups. And if you haven't gone through it before, you know, quite simply, you're going to make a lot of those mistakes, no matter how good you are. Um, and I think that's really one of the biggest issues I see with entrepreneurs now in the sector you know, if you asked me 18 months ago or two years ago, I would have said, oh, I want more people with master's degrees. Okay. Um, now I see a lot of people with master's, but they don't necessarily have the master's plus two or three startups behind them. Awesome. So we talked a little earlier, uh, off, off the record, we talked a little earlier about the characteristics uh, of winners and losers or just being able to identify those characteristics. So when you talk about the characteristics of like winners and losers in this space in entrepreneurship, can you give me, give me some characteristics that come to mind for you, uh, for both, please. Well, when I'm looking at individuals and I'm looking at characteristics for winners and losers, uh, initiative is always at the top of my list. Yes. Uh, and winners will almost always show more initiative in everything that they do. Okay. Um, than the eventual losers. And, you know, business is a game of winning and losing as well, so I think a bit of a thick skin is also necessary. Uh, you need to be able to take uh, pretty harsh criticism um, and feedback uh, from your investors, from your team members, from your customers. Um, and if you can't do that, uh, then that's also a, a really big issue. And we've seen that go sideways for people where, Thin skin ended up being a disagreement, which ended up being, you know, a failed relationship or a failed investment. Uh, 
what else would I say? Uh, creativity and an open mind, um, okay. you know, always important in life. And, you know, that holds true for, for a uh, startup in, in cannabis as well. Um, you really have to approach this with an open mind, be ready to pivot, uh, be ready to change your business model uh, based on the feedback that you get from customers. That the, that be ready to pivot thing is huge because we talked about that too. Like, you know, you come into this industry uh, and you have this idea that you feel like is so solid and you feel like you're just so attached to it. And early in, you can find yourself having to uh, completely shift. So being open to that is important. And even at Hayes, we definitely learned that uh, very early on. So are there any yep. notable voids in the industry right now that you're thinking, you know, what would be really smart if someone created something to fill this space? <laughs> what are the notable voids that you notice uh, could use uh, some strong entrepreneurial you know, legs in that space? Uh, areas I'm most excited by include distribution, transportation, uh, packaging, um, retail technology, optimization. Um, what else would I really love? Agricultural tech is always fascinating. Okay. Um, Better ways to grow plants, better ways to harvest plants, better ways to uh, handle plants. Um, those are a couple of the big picture ones that are, are always at the top of my list. And when I see a company that's doing something, for example, around retail optimization with software or technology, I get pretty excited. Uh, and it really ties into one of my core investment theses, which is uh, we take the opportunities in cannabis to invent and start new companies that are also applicable to other industries. Mm, so okay. we can create retail technology that works really well in cannabis. There's a good chance it also works really well in the wine industry around a wine store. Awesome, awesome. Okay, so as a new entrepreneur uh, in this space, you know, we're meeting investors and we're talking to people uh, all the time. And sometimes you get really excited, you know, you're having these conversations and it's all new to you. But then there are red flags uh, that you guys have touched on, even Canopy Boulder, telling us a little bit about those things. As, as entrepreneurs, though you're excited, uh, though this opportunity seems great, what are the red flags that we need to be looking for uh, when meeting with these investors who, you know, when we have this sound idea and they seem like they're all on board? Uh, how do we know, like, man, maybe not. Maybe maybe we should hang this one up. Can you give us a few of those tips, red flag tips? In this sure. Case? A couple of things you can ask of investors. Well, first of all, ask them questions. Yes. Don't just talk to them, but ask them questions okay. and try to engage in a dialogue. Uh, most investors can be quite helpful if you ask the right questions. Um, and depending on their skill set, they might be very, very uh, interested in helping your company. Um, watch out for people who want to trade money for a consulting agreement um, or some other sort of payment structure. Uh, they're not all bad, and there definitely are some investors who, for example, will invest $100,000 with you in return for you hiring them as an advisor for $2,000 a month for the next year. Yeah. Um, keep in mind, though, that what you just did is you took a $76,000 investment and handed them $24,000. Yes. So... Uh, it's not the end of the world. Um, I've seen some great investments, great investments that were done that way. Um, but by and large, I would say uh, that's a red flag. And that's something you really need to be cautious about. Think, can this person really help me? Or is this just a way for them to recoup some of their investment? Mm -hmm. um, other red flags, you know, hey, can people actually write the check today? And the easiest way to figure that out is just say, like, how much money are you planning to deploy in the next 90 to 180 days? And, uh, you know, a good, honest investor will tell you. 
and say, I'm looking to do three deals of 100,000 apiece within the next six months. You go, okay, now I have a ballpark of, you know, what you're looking for. Remember that if you try to force a relationship, um, and this goes both ways, if investors try to force a relationship or entrepreneurs try to force a relationship, this is a five, ten year relationship. Yeah. So if it starts on <laughs> yeah. if it starts on the wrong premise, yeah. if it starts with lies or, or it starts with a weird feeling, um, you know, it, it's like going on a date, right? You go on a date and you either click or you don't. And if you don't click, you don't necessarily want to try to force the issue and go for a second date or a third date. Um, so try to get that read early on. Ask probing questions. Ask for references from the investor and say, hey, I want to talk to two or three entrepreneurs that you've previously worked with. And I want to hear from them. How was it working with this investor? And just, Yeah, just to get that, that feedback. So if someone is new investing in this space, would you not recommend? Because I know you said you, like, you, know, you want to see two or three other people that they've invested in. But what if they're new to the space, haven't really, and they want to start investing now? Is that something that we should be more cautious of or is that something you might want to give a chance depending on how the relationship blossoms like what do you what do you think about that newer more novice investors who might not have a long portfolio sure just like with entrepreneurs right i might invest in a first-time entrepreneur but i'm going to expect them to make some mistakes and the same holds true if uh, an entrepreneur is taking investment from a first-time investor expect some mistakes and ask them questions about how do you intend to work with me will you pick up the phone when i call you in a month uh, do you want to talk to me every week or every four months or every year? Um, do you ever expect to get uh, you know, a phone call from me at all? Um, or when are you looking to get your money back out of this business? Yeah. You know, how much money do you expect to get? Um, these are all challenging questions because most of us are you know, shy about talking about money. But remember, this is a money deal. Yes. Um, and an investor who gives you 100000 is going to want a million dollars back someday. And so you better be clear about the fact that they're expecting a million dollars someday. And yeah, you're probably going to disappoint them because you won't be able to do it. Um, but they need to be prepared for that disappointment as well. And it, you can't go into this with the blindfolds on and pretend like everything is going to be all you know hunky dory and rosy because that's just bullshit. And you know the reality is a lot of these investments won't work out as well as anybody would want. Yeah, absolutely. And you talked about earlier too, like that you know you invest in a lot of companies, kind of walking in knowing that some of them might fail like you walk in knowing like out of these out of this lot uh some of these people uh might fail at doing this how long do you think a company should be giving themselves when they're entering this industry to to know when to hold and when to fold like listen you've tried this you've been at this for this long what's a good gauge what's a good ballpark time you know figure for new entrepreneurs who are trying to build uh gain traction you know build their brand What's a, good, what's a good time to know, all right, maybe I should move on to something else? You know, if you're working on any particular angle for your company, um, I'm going to be saying six to 12 months uh, to wow. figure out whether or not it's working. Uh, well, that's, that's, early, that's early in. So not like, I was, it, I was guessing you were going to say like, two, give yourself about 18 months to two years. No, six to 12 months. Okay. That's, that's yeah, if, if it's six months, 12 months, right, you're not feeling like you're doing the right thing, then you're probably not, yeah. and you need to pivot. And it doesn't mean you're going to shut the company down, but you might restart with a whole new business model, for example. Yes. And you know, certainly once you've been hammering away at an idea for 18 months and you still feel like you have to sell everybody on the idea, you're wrong. right? That's just not a good place to be. Um, you need to be in a place where... 
the customers you're talking to, whether those are consumers or whether they're other businesses, where they get it pretty quickly and they're starting to say, hey, can you help me do more stuff? And that's the whole product market fit concept. And the easiest way I have to measure product market fit is always, are you getting requests from your existing customers to do more things? If you are, then you're probably in the right, you know, genre of work. If you're not, <laughs> if not then yeah. you need to pivot. <laughs> if not, then yeah, it's probably a good time. Well, take, thank you so much, Mike. I have one more question for you. And this question, this is an action item, right? I want to be an entrepreneur in the cannabis space. Give me step one. What's step one? A practical action item uh, for our listeners. So if they're eager to be entrepreneurs, in cannabis as an investor, what's the first thing they need to do right now? I'll, I'll give you two. Okay, one go. For, okay, woo. Here we go. One for entrepreneurs that are focused on consumers. Okay. And we'll call that business to consumer, B2C. Okay. And another for entrepreneurs who are focused on B2B, business to business. Okay. And they're two very different categories, gotcha. so two different things. Here we go. Get your pens and papers out. Get your pens and papers. Okay. Yeah. If you want to be a, a consumer-facing business you need to get out and you need to talk to consumers in the geography where you intend to sell your product or service so for most of the people listening that means they're going to have to probably get up and get on an airplane and fly to washington oregon colorado one of the established markets that's been operating for a few years and you need to go talk to consumers people who actually consume cannabis and might buy your product and you need to do that until you've talked to 100 or 200 of them and just get data and you just need to ask questions and then listen to what they're telling you yes and that's the first step is just listening to a whole bunch of consumers and all you really need to do there right jump on a plane go somewhere you know visit some dispensaries talk to some consumers go to some meetups and ask basic questions that are in the general area of where you want to work whether it's building a new vaporizer or building a new app for a phone and ask them what they think about that area and ask some probing questions, see what sort of responses you get. Okay. The other one on the B2B side, you're going to do the same basic thing, only you're going to talk to the businesses. And in this case, you don't need to talk to a hundred businesses. You could probably talk to 10 because by nature, B2B is a larger individual client, right? They're going to pay you, 20,000 a year. So you only need, you know, 10 of them to really get yourself going and start bringing in a couple hundred thousand in revenue. Wow. So that's, there we have it. If you want to get started, you just have to get your feet on the ground. Does that pretty much sum it up, Micah? Absolutely. Get out there and ask questions. Get and, out there. Uh, you know, data. Put your ego aside and remember you're, you're probably an idiot and need to pivot. So uh, <laughs> I think that's well, pretty much to... what every entrepreneur has learned one way or the other, myself included. Yeah. Um, you know, so stop being stupid. Yep. Just start listening, start learning, and you'll get really well educated really quickly. There we have it, guys. Stop being stupid, listen, and learn. Thank you so much, Micah. It was an absolute pleasure. Thank you. All right. All right have you. a good Bye-bye. one. All right. Bye-bye. If you like what you heard, you want more interviews, insight, and of course, entertainment all around cannabis, support Estro Hey, support your girls in the creation of new content and become a patron. Visit us at patreon.com backslash Estro Hayes. With your support, we can build this community together.